What's going on, everybody? And welcome into another edition of B-Shape Daily. If you saw the headline of the episode here, you recognize that this is going to be a different kind of show than the one you're used to on the B-Shape Daily channel. We're talking hockey, baby, because I am amped after the win by the St. Louis Blues over the Colorado Avalanche out in Denver, 5-4. to four. The Blues extend their season in something that I thought was just not possible. And if you're a listener of the big show on KTGR in Columbia, Missouri, maybe you'll listen in on KTGR.com. Myself, Andy Humphrey, Chris Mitchell, we do the show weekdays from 4 to 6. And we talked a lot of Blues on Wednesday, talked about what Game 5 would look like on Wednesday night in Colorado, and I gave the Blues literally no chance. None whatsoever. And so if you do listen to the show, or if you would like to, I cannot recommend enough Thursday night's episode, 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. on KTGR. If you're in Columbia, that's 100.5 on the FM dial. I believe 105.1 as well. Or online at KTGR.com. 4 p.m., At about 4.05, I'm going to absolutely have to wear it. I am sure we will lead with Blues on Thursday's show, and I would have to imagine there are going to be some audio clips played from Wednesday that do not paint Brendan Schaefer in a very glorious light because I didn't. I didn't see it coming. And I don't know if you could say it was maybe a little bit of reverse psychology that I I was trying to motivate the Blues, who obviously do not listen to the show, or if I was just trying to put it out to the universe that, hey, there's no way the Blues are going to win this game, so make Brendan Schaefer look like an idiot by having it happen and having him, you know, be forced to to wear that on Thursday. I'm like, that's fine. But I didn't. I didn't see any way. Was I playing it up for the radio? Yeah, maybe a little bit. But really, I just didn't see any way. Vili Husso has not been the same goaltender that Jordan Bennington was in this series, period, the end. And when Bennington went out due to the injury, Nazim Kadri ran into him, or you could say ran into the back of Callie Rosen, who ran into Bennington, and Kadri got his, I mean, I think it's the right knee of Bennington, is it not? The I think it's an MCL. I don't know how much they've said officially on the record about that, but listen, Debate back and forth. Was it a dirty play? I say yes, it was. I say it's a guy who's got a history. You know what he's, you know what he's typically looking to do. Was he trying to play the puck? Yeah, but you got to know when you're barreling full speed into the goalie crease, and you don't make any attempt to stop, you're you're gonna run into the goaltender in a way that he is not prepared to have happen. He is not prepared for that collision, and so. Back and forth, like uh, all the the threats that have been made to Nazim Kadri, that's despicable. Shouldn't happen. It's terrible. If you're a Blues fan out there that has participated in that and, and and direct messaging his wife on Instagram, like she posted some of those, that's ridiculous. You should be ashamed of yourself. But like, I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about that because, well, for one, I want to stick to the positives here from uh, from Game Five, the Blues taking down the Avalanche in in Denver backs against the wall have they they had to have it and they've got to have them all right from here on out but 
I just wanted to kind of get into the the conversation about just how improbable this was for the Blues to be able to do what they've done. And and there's a long way to go. There's absolutely a long way to go. And like if if you're forcing to to have me be objective in the moment, I would probably tell you they're still going to lose the series, right? Like they're down three games to two. They're playing undisputably the best team in the Western Conference. I'm not going to say the best team in the NHL because I honestly, even if the Blues get there, I don't know who's beating the Tampa Bay Lightning this year. They're going to three-peat, right? I mean, with what Vasilevsky's been doing, uh, Tampa Bay is, is maybe in a class of their own. I do think the two best teams in the league are the Lightning and the Colorado Avalanche. But you know what? There's still a chance for the Blues to knock out the best team from the Western Conference. They can defy the odds. They did it tonight. Certainly did it here on Wednesday. They can find a way to win two more games. I was giving them literally no shot. I'm serious. If you listen to the big show on Thursday, ktgr.com, I will be absolutely embarrassed. And I deserve it because I was so definitive on Wednesday afternoon talking about the fact that the Blues would not win this game I didn't even, I was very specific about the fact that I did not allow a percentage chance. I wasn't even giving them a .01, folks. I said it was done. There was nothing. And I said, if there's a world in which this isn't an embarrassment, my prediction was a 6-2 win by Colorado. I said that on the air. But then I went on to say, if there was a world in which this was not an embarrassment for the Blues, the way it would play out would be something like Billy Husso playing out of his mind, which I didn't expect. He hasn't been Bennington. I said at the beginning of the playoffs, I said three weeks before the playoffs, by the way, that Bennington would have been my goaltender. In whichever game the Blues, they played the Islanders in St. Louis. It was a day the Cardinals had a day game. The Blues had a night game on a Saturday. And I, I had a couple of buddies going to the game. I'm like, I'm going to go to the to the box office there at uh, Enterprise after I cover the Cardinal game. I'm just going to see if I can pick up a ticket. And sure as shooting, I, it was like a $30 ticket. And I found a way to get down to the, uh, the lower bowl with my buddies. And it, we watched a great game. We were on the side of the ice where Bennington was in net two of the three periods. And he was nails in that game against uh, the New York Islanders. I recognize that's not a very good team. But I saw that from Bennington, and I thought, man, this is a guy that has won you a cup. Like, that happened in in 2019. Can't take that away. I know that Billy Huso has been the starter for the, the bulk of the season, especially in the second half. But I, was, I saw Bennington that night, and I was like, folks, I just, that would be my pick. That's not a knock on Huso. That's not a commentary on the way he's been playing. And I, I really wasn't trying to get into the realm of predicting what he would do in a playoff series. I wasn't. But I just said, I, I feel like Bennington is the way to go. They started with Huso, which was, I, I mean, objectively, when you look at the numbers from the regular season, it would have been it, it would have been a, an upset. It would have been a, a questionable call for Craig Berube to go with Bennington from the very beginning of the Minnesota series. I get that. And Huso had a good game early on in that series. He had a good game. I think he pitched a shutout. Great. But when they went to Bennington in that series, and from then on, it was clear that they had a difference maker in net. 
that Jordan Bennington could be the, the, the type of goaltender that would rise above maybe a, a disadvantage when you look at the rest of the roster. And I think when you, when you talk Blues abs, that's what you have. The Avalanche are the better team. And that's not a knock on the Blues, but I, the Avalanche are really, really good. That would be, I mean, your expectation would be coming into a series that the, the Avalanche would win. Don't know how long it'll go. Don't know what it would take, but you feel like Colorado has the advantage there, right? You've got to come up with an X factor in that series. You've got to find something. And I thought at the beginning of this series, even in, in the game one loss, I thought Bennington could be the X factor because he was so darn good. But, but his team wasn't there to back him up in game one against Colorado. You lose 3-2 to two in overtime. 13-0 was the differential on shots on goal in the overtime period. You, I mean, come on. You cannot win the game if you don't put a shot on net in overtime. So that was, that was Colorado's game. That's fine. But what you saw in that game, I thought, gave you a sense of what Bennington was capable of doing. And if you saw 2019, you remember the, the first period he had against Boston in their building in 2019 was out of this world. It, I mean, it, it, it set up the Blues to win that game, which meant they, they won that season. I mean, that was it. That was game seven. It doesn't get any bigger than that. And he came into that environment in, in the first period, and he was nailed. He locked it down. The Blues, I, I think they scored late in the period, right? And so from there, it was like the, the route was on. Second period was huge. But Bennington set that up in the first period with the way he performed. And so I'm like, this is a guy who's, who's done that. He's been there. He's done that. I think that's got to be the way you go. And, and from the minute he came into the series in net for the Blues, I think we saw that against Minnesota. We were seeing it against Colorado. Blues won game two. They brought it back to St. Louis tied. And really, at that point, you thought, okay, just get one of the next two, right? Like, just bring it back to Colorado for Game 5 tied so that, worst-case scenario, you do get a Game 6 in St. Louis. That's what you want. You don't You don't want to, you know, you don't want to guarantee it's, it's a short series. You want to take that out of the equation. Well, I think the Blues were going to do that. They were going to make they, – they were probably going to – taken advantage in the series at that point, honestly, when it got back to St. Louis. But then Jordan Bennington went down. He went down in game three with the Blues leading in that game. And so even when he went down, it was like, well, we're still up. If you're a Blues fan, you're thinking, all right, all is not lost right now. But boy, I'm a different, I'm built different, as they say. And I, uh, I'm built with the, the pessimistic energy. And I thought, this game is over. I mean, the Blues were winning one nothing, and I had not a positive thought in my body about what the St. Louis Blues were going to be able to do in that game. Colorado was too good, and Jordan Bennington had been too good. Uh, you know, he was the antidote to what they were going to do offensively. And that's not to say that Billy Husso was bad. I mean, he was. He, he wasn't great in Game 3. But that was like a deer-in-the-headlights situation. That was a spot where I don't think very many people could have thrived in coming into that game against a high-powered offense like Colorado. Whoso played poorly, most people would have, right? But I thought at least when it came to game four, now he's had a couple of days to recognize, like, yeah, you're it, buddy. Like, you're back in. 
You're here to do what you had done for three months of the season as really the primary goaltender for this team. Go get him. But he didn't. And, and you know, I had to kind of dispute this with my, my pal Andy on the big show throughout this week about the fact that, no, Huso was not good in game four. And Andy wasn't saying he was good. He was saying, well, he was fine. His argument was the team in front of Huso is what let him down. And the team wasn't good either, but I had a bone to pick with Huso. I mean, in that game four, you can't allow three goals off the top of the second period the way he did. It, I don't know the exact number. It was like 84 seconds, something like that. That's not, you, you're not giving your team a chance there. I know the team sort of let, let him out to dry. Like it wasn't a good spot. And then you get the five on three later on. It, it makes it four goals unanswered by the Blues before they started to, to kind of mount that rally back. That It's not a good situation. But for me, Huso could have elevated his game, maybe not to the Bennington level, but he could have elevated his game higher than the game that he played to be able to keep the Blues within striking distance. He didn't do that. It got bleak. They battled back, which was admirable. And maybe I should have recognized with, with that couple of goals to make it 4-3 to three back in Game 4 in St. Louis, I should have recognized that the Blues, after having done that, could have in them what they had in them tonight on Game 5. I, I Maybe I should have seen that coming, but I didn't. Because Kadri, and here's my story about Game 4. I was trying to keep tabs as well as I could, but I was covering the Cardinal game at Bush Stadium. And by the time I was down in in the bowels of Bush, we were in the interview room, and really it was myself and Derek Gould that night were the only people asking questions of the Cardinals manager after the game. I could hear, though, during the... It was, Ali Marmal was speaking in next door in the, like a club level of Bush Stadium. I heard a Let's Go Blues chant. I'm thinking, what the hell is going on here? Did they score? Is it is it a game again? Because last I checked, it was, I don't know, 3-1, to 4-1, to one, and now they're back in it? Like, that's crazy. And we get into the Cardinals clubhouse and Goldschmidt. That was the night of the Goldschmidt uh, walk-off Grand Slam. And so he was the main guy we were looking to talk to. And so we're talking to him, or getting ready to do so. He's at his locker, and he asked one of the, the uh, Cardinals PR guys, he's, he's trying to get an update on the Blues score. He's like, what's the score? And they turned the game on in the clubhouse, which, again, this is we're, we're doing Blues this episode. I, I, I told people on the highlight in the, uh, the name of the episode, do not expect Cardinals talk when you come in here. I'm basically going to be all blues, and then I'll I'll probably record an episode about uh, Jordan Hicks and what that looks like for the Cardinals starting rotation. But I just think it's interesting that Goldsmith is a guy who came from another team, right? He he got traded to St. Louis, signed the long-term contract from uh, Arizona. And that guy has invested. He was in. Like, you could tell. he was It was not fake. He was, like, really wanting to know how the blues were doing. And so I thought that was really cool from a just a Team St. Louis perspective. And obviously that game did not pan out the way that uh, Paul Goldsmith would have liked or the Blues or any Blues fans. And that put the Blues in a, in a tough spot. They're down 3-1. to one. You got to go to Colorado. It, you know, things look bleak. I, again, 
I said there was no way it was impossible for them to do what they did. But they pulled it off. I mean, they got down 3 nothing in this game. And the Blues found a way to claw back into it. I think Tarasenko getting onto the board was huge. He has been a guy that throughout this series, he's been kind of milk carton status. You haven't seen him. You haven't heard from him. He had one point in the series prior to game five. And it was an assist in the Blues 4-1 to win in game two. That was it from Tarasenko. And he is a player that just exudes energy and confidence and skill set when he's going right. And that bleeds into the rest of the team. And the Blues just haven't benefited from that in this series because he hasn't been there. And so the fact that he was able to get the Blues on the board tonight, you know, I'm not saying I had a lot of confidence when that happened, but it was it was a nice sign. And maybe something we, we could have seen the rest of what was to follow. We could have maybe seen that coming a little bit, knowing that, hey, Vladdy is in. He's involved. He's making things happen. Let's go from there and see where this goes. And and that's what the Blues did. Boy, the, when they tied the game three to three, that's when I was that's what I was in, man. I was invested. And I my wife and I were supposed to catch up on one of her shows that that had been recorded, and it was three to two, and she was taking a shower, and I went back upstairs and I said, Oh boy, like it was like a frustrated sort of sound that I made. And she's like, What happened? I said, well, they're they're giving hope. <laughs> they're down by one. You know, let's see. And then they tie the game, and holy smokes. Like, the emotional roller coaster that was this game was just out of control. Because they score that goal, and you think, all right, all right, you sucked me back in. Like, I, I opened the I, – I cracked the door. I allowed it to happen, and now it has happened, and I'm in. Are we getting overtime? Could the Blues potentially win this in regulation? Like, the possibilities seemed very real at the time. And then Nathan McKinnon happened. Nathan McKinnon happened because that's what he does. And, I mean, this goal he scored to make it 4-3 with, you know, two minutes and change remaining in the in the third period was just unreal. And, like, I my initial thought was, and I even tweeted this out, I said, uh, Bennington would have. Like, I think that's a, a puck that Bennington stops. I do. At the level he was playing at. But I got to be fair to Huso. I mean, that was a ridiculous play. There was just no way McKinnon skates by all the players he skates by to get the puck. And I think he even kind of has to flip it around his stick and backhand it up into the, the top right corner of the net. If you're Huso's perspective, top left if you're McKinnon. And for me, like, that was the only place the puck was going to go. It, it, that's the spot you've got to be able to cover, but I get it. I mean, it was just an all-world play by a spectacular player, and that was his hat trick. And at that point, I turned the volume off on the game. I didn't turn the game off. I was not that guy, but I did turn the volume off. I'm like, I don't need to hear it. I don't need to hear the sound of those hats going onto the ice. I don't need it. I do not need it. But it was one of those things where you knew they were going to pull the goalie and you knew it was going to be a six on five at some point. There's like two and a half minutes left. And so it looked bleak because when you think back to previously in, in the playoffs, like think of a time you've seen a six on five work. 
I haven't. I can't say I've watched every game from around the NHL, but it's been rare. Like it's not been a frequent success pulling the goaltender, getting the extra man, and finding a way to to put a puck home. What normally happens is the other way around: the empty netter. You get scored on, you lose by two instead of one. And that's when you know it's safe to turn the game off. But the Blues, I mean, it was clear. That was the route they were going to have to go. And they did. And honestly, for me, when once that happened and they had the puck in the offensive zone, I thought, well, this is better than it could be going. I mean, the last time earlier in the series when Huso left the net before the Blues really even had control of the puck in the offensive zone, it was O'Reilly on a faceoff. He won the faceoff, but it wasn't. It was like a. They still kind of had to scrap for the puck, and it wasn't safe. But Huso was, you know, a little bit antsy and, and got off the ice, and almost immediately Colorado scores. That's what you're expecting when the when the goaltender gets pulled. You're like, yep. How is this going to be an epic disaster? Is what you're waiting for. But the Blues held the puck in, and they kept it in. And, like, you don't allow yourselves in those moments to think, all right, actually, this is good. This is going to be good. You know, the close misses that happen, you're thinking, nope, that was when they needed to score. That was where the goal needed to come from because now they'll never get there again and it's too late. And maybe you're not thinking that. Maybe And, like, I cannot pretend that I am a level-headed hockey observer. Like, if you look at my tweets, I kept talking about the fact that I'm turning my – I literally did. I turned my phone off for the overtime. Because I had said enough stupid stuff throughout the night. But it's just, it's there's something about playoff hockey. You get so invested and every moment feels like it's everything that's ever happened in, in the sport. And sometimes it is, but sometimes it isn't. Sometimes it's just, you know, live and, and fight another day. But I had I just had to turn the phone off at that point. But I was still there watching and... Blues find a way to get an ugly goal in front of the net. The rebounds, uh, that's always a great way to do it. You get a couple of guys in front of the net. You put the puck on the net, and if you get a rebound, somebody's going to be there to clean it up. And that was huge in that spot. You make it 4-4. There's about a minute to go. And at that point, you're just like, just clear the puck. I don't care if you take an icing. I d- you got to get this thing to overtime. Get it to overtime, get in the locker room, get Craig Berube to give you a, a rousing speech. Blues posted after the game a, a video of what it looked like in the room after the win. And the joke, the obvious joke was, it was like a, a video a couple minutes long, at least over a minute long. But half the video, you can't hear anything because they have to bleep it out. They don't bleep it, they just cut the audio when a word is said that you can't post to the STL Blues Twitter account. And when Craig Berube is talking, that's pretty much every other word. So that was just absolutely golden to see after the game and to to hear or rather not hear after the game. But you get into the locker room after a, a 4-4 tie, get it to overtime, have that man say what he needs to say, and I'm just like, the Blues aren't going to lose this game. I Even before the Blues scored the 6-on-5, I had said, if the Blues score the six on five, they don't lose this game. Like, it's done. There's no way you come back twice and and don't close it out. It's like game six, the Cardinals in 2011. And I made the comparison on Twitter, 
And I said immediately, I'm not saying it's the cup. I'm not saying this is the cup final. I'm not saying it's the same stage exactly. But I would say when you were the Cardinals and the Rangers in the 2011 World Series, there wasn't like a heavy favorite. I know the Cardinals were down in the series, but it, it didn't feel as though Texas was just that much better of a team. The Avalanche are the better team. They are. It's not even remotely close. The Blues are a very good team, and when they're playing at their best, they can hang with anybody. But the Avalanche, I mean, look at the records over the course of the season. They've been the better team. And so the Blues know this is an uphill climb, and then you lose your goaltender, who was basically your X factor when this series began. And, and well, it gets bleak. It gets bleak quickly. And so you've got all that that you're considering. I know it's a second-round playoff series. It's not the World Series. It's not the Stanley Cup Final. But I made the Game 6 comparison because it just felt like one of those games where, first of all, coming into it, Blues had no chance. It's how I felt. I was wrong, of course, but that's how it felt on the surface for me. And then for the first time in the series, the Avalanche score first. Like, even though the Blues are down 3-1 to one coming into this game, they had scored first in every single game in the series. So now you get the Avalanche scoring first, which is something else that I predicted. Like, I was looking like a genius after four or five minutes of this game because I said it was going to be a blowout. I said the Avs were going to score first for the first time in the series. All that happened. And so from there, I mean, it went 3 nothing, right? Like, the Blues, were they were dead and buried in this game. There's no way that they were coming back. And they crept back in, and they won the game. So, like, from 3 nothing to making it 3-3, three to three, you're like, oh, my goodness. This is incredible. David Freeze just hit the triple. And then McKinnon scores. It's like, damn that Josh Hamilton. How did he do that? This was our night. He, he blew it for us. Stole it. Not so fast. Blues tied 4-4. Four to four. Lance Berkman, base hit in the center, ties the game. And then Tyler Bozak gets to be your David Freeze with the walk-off. The walk-off goal in overtime ends it. I mean, just unbelievable. So there's your little baseball reference. I told you there wouldn't be much baseball, but there's a little bit more for you. Just an amazing display by the Blues. I mean, you can watch that video that they posted to their social media after the game and just you you get a sense for in that room they believed it could happen and at some point that's all that matters like I didn't believe it could happen there's just no way and then it did but if the guys in there that are that are still grinding and working to make it happen believe it can happen then sky's the limit amazing job uh, I mentioned Tarasenko like he scored the goal I said on the radio this afternoon if he's not involved you're done and like I said I had believe they were done regardless but you get a goal from Tarasenko and then on that six on five he's at a real sharp angle where he's not going to score I mean you're not going to beat Darcy Kemper from where Tarasenko was on the ice he got the pass from Buchnevich was basically I mean just practically even with the the depth of the goal but he throws it on net and and Robert Thomas was there to, to clean it up you got to get a rebound sometimes and Robert Thomas puts it in, two goals in the game. He's another guy. I've said a lot this season. I think he's the Blues' most complete player when he's going. He just has so many elements to his game. 
in which he can contribute, has been a, a really good assist maker. Tonight he was the the goal scorer, and they needed him. Puts it in, and then once you get to overtime, they weren't losing. I just They just could not lose the game if they got it to overtime, and they did. And here they are, 5-4 win over the Avalanche. Trailing still 3-2 to two in the series. And if you look at it 3-1 to one and say, you got to win three straight against this team, two on the road, nah, it's not going to happen. You can't. But at the same time, you got to take it one at a time. And they won the first one. I'm not out here predicting a victory in game six either, but they get to play it. They get to play game six. They get to play it at home. I know home has not been an advantage for the Blues in this series. Obviously, they've won two of three on the road, and they've lost them both at Enterprise. Can't you just play a little better this time? I mean, you get one more shot at this thing at Enterprise Center. Could be for the final time of the year. Win or lose, it could be for the final time of the year, depending on what would happen in Game 7. Just go out there and, I mean, what do you got to lose anymore, right? Like, I I feel like sometimes the Blues in, in previous playoff series have almost played better on the road because you just kind of tense up at home. It's just a different... It's so weird. You should think home home court, home field, home ice. But in hockey, it sometimes does not play out that way. But for the Blues, it's just got to be a, a new mentality. Like, there's no way we should have just done what we did in Game 5. We did. Let's just play with, with abandon here. Like, there's nothing to lose. I think you need a better Huso to win Game 6. I do. It, for me... It was still a disappointing effort from Huso because I, he, now he made some great saves. He made some fantastic saves, but you still let in four goals right after your team improbably ties the game. You give one back up on the McKinnon third goal. And maybe, I, maybe I'm a little harsh here. Maybe I should just recognize that McKinnon was just on that level tonight and there's nothing anybody would have done. But I just, I don't know. Every time there's a goal that, and especially short side, that's just been a, kind of an Achilles heel for Huso in this series. I just look at it and go, man, I think Bennington would have, I think he would have saved it. And so I don't want to be having those thoughts going into Friday. I, I want to see Huso just take command of a situation. He was the Blues' best goaltender during the regular season. I mean, the numbers bear that out. And so i just like to see him lock it down on Friday because I think that's what you're going to need. Like, tonight the Blues overcame. It was improbable. It was impossible. And they did it with with a really good offensive game. Like, you look at that third period, late in the third, even when McKinnon scored his goal, that was one player dicing up an entire team and goaltender. He did that himself. The Blues had a really good cohesive offensive game as that game evolved from the moment Tarasenko scored to put him on the board at 3-1 and and beyond. The Blues will need to carry that into game six. They'll have to have it or they're, they're, they're done. But if they can bring that in and Huso can just give it 15% better, like 10 to 15 to 20% better, stop one additional puck because I think if the Avs score four goals in St. Louis on Friday, they're probably going to take the series in that moment. If you can hold them to three, I think the Blues can get to four. If Bennington were in net, this is a conversation where you could win a game four to one or four to two or five to two. I don't think you can hold the Avalanche to two goals with Ville Husso. I just don't think you can do it. 
And so you've got to score goals. You've got to score some ugly ones, score some pretty ones, score on the power play, do do anything you can on the penalty kill to prevent goals on the other side. But I just don't see this game in game six on Friday going, you know, two to one. It can't happen in this series. Avalanche are too good offensively to, to make that happen. And so the Blues just have to be that good on offense and then just hope that your goaltender does something special. Like, Huso wasn't special tonight. I, I would say he, I wouldn't even say he was good necessarily. He had special moments, but if you're talking about the cumulative effort, it was mediocre for me. And I've been harsh on him maybe throughout this series. But I think we've grown to expect more from him based on what he did during the regular season. You have to you can't give up more than three goals, I don't think, on Friday. You keep it to three, I think the Blues are gonna find a way to get you a win. If you don't, that's that's probably all she wrote. But maybe me being negative is what what needs to happen here because I you wouldn't have found a more negative person in St. Louis heading into Wednesday's game five. It was me. I mean, for real. The audio is out there. So we'll see what happens. But I, I just I felt so compelled. I had to rant about this game for 30 minutes or so after what the Blues did. So if you liked what you heard, great. I don't know. Maybe you'll get to hear some more hockey-related episodes if the Blues can get another win. You can bet your bottom dollar. I will not be doing an episode about a Game 6 loss. But if the Blues can win this series, we'll keep it going. We'll throw some hockey stuff. And it'll be a disclaimer on the on the headline, the episode title. I'll say it's hockey, so anybody who is only baseball, I know there's a lot of only baseball people out there. Love the Cardinals. They don't care about the Blues. They're not hockey fans. Whatever, that's fine. But uh, I'll, I'll keep it going if the Blues do. I mean, that seems reasonable. If they get out of this series, we'll do some more B-shaped daily hockey episodes. But if you like hockey, if you like baseball, whatever it is, would love to have you on board. Subscribe to B-Shape Daily. You can do this at Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Leave a review on Apple. There's like 25 reviews. I know that more of you listen. I get the data. Make your voice heard by uh, by clicking a, a review. Five stars would be sweet. But I would love to have you on board for that. Thank you guys for listening. Appreciate you as always. And we will talk to you next time on B-Shape Daily. Cardinals episode coming up. I'm going to try to record an episode about baseball right after this. So you'll, you'll see it on your podcast feed. Click it if you're a Cardinals person. Appreciate you as always, and we'll talk to you next time. Peace.